This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. We're talking about great, uh, matter of fact, I keep hearing him say he's just getting started. Uh, you know, 2000, uh, we've been 12 years here, guys, and we've moved into, uh, and this was, I believe that there's been 12 years of foundations uh, laid. And it's a whole different dimension. Uh, Jesus said, I'll build my house. He'll build his church. He'll build himself a people. Amen. In which he is quite at home. But there are phases, and the Lord shows us it, uh, this in uh, Scripture when he gave instruction even for the temple. Uh, first the foundation was laid, and then he gave instruction for the walls to go up. Uh, and then, you know, uh, detailed instruction of, of, of how the rooms were to be situated, the decor, it, right down to the last detail. I mean, to the, uh, you know, to the last detail. Uh, but there's, a, there's always a shift from when the foundation is laid to uh, uh, when the walls, the frame up. All right, that's the words that the Lord had used uh, to describe it to me, is that the foundations are finished. And now the frame-ups will begin. Amen. And, of course, the frame-up is, is, you know, is really, you know, the show-up, so to speak, when people, when it catches people's attention. You know, people wonder about foundations, but when the framework starts to come up, be, begin to see it take shape, what, what was intended in the heart and mind of the builder. Divine design begins to unfold. Amen. It begins to look like something. Are you listening? It begins to take shape, take form. And the Bible tells us, it says, that the worlds, we know by faith that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, not by what was seen. It wasn't a physical, all physical uh, materials, if you will, of the building process uh, came from spiritual Word. That's how it works. In the beginning was the Word. So whenever, whatever God does, He doesn't do anything apart from His Word, but He always starts with His Word. Well, this song, He makes all things new. God could say something different every moment throughout eternity and never say the same thing, never repeat Himself. The only reason he has to repeat himself is so we can catch it. Let's move right along. Why would we say that? Not to make us feel inadequate or diminished in any way. I mean, he is delighted that we would delight in his word. That's why, you know, I, I, I really, you know, of course, I've learned this, that, you know, to, to walk in any form of sanity where... Uh, where other folks are concerned, you have to realize you only get to choose for you. You know, I don't get to choose for everybody else, you know. I understand it, but I don't understand. I, I will never agree with it. Uh, I was thinking uh, today, this, this uh, um, you know, this this casual, you know, 
well, it don't really matter. It really, you know, it has, it has always mattered to me. I remember hearing the word of truth and what it, what it did inside of me. You know, I heard the saving word of God. Heard about his forgiveness. Heard about Jesus. And I still want to hear about Jesus. I, I was thinking today because we're, we're, you know, we're trying to, uh, God gives time. God gives time for folks to agree and to align. But there comes a time when God says, uh, you know, I'm moving the marker. Uh, the change is here. I mean, I believe even in the naturals uh, this year, uh, you know, that uh, um, the, this long delay of summer because of the show all fall. You know, God has given, uh, and, and the dimension of the seasonal shift is not just things as usual. This is a transition type. This is a transition year where it's from and to. And and really, the, the more accountable to, you know, uh, let's just boil it down to, to you know, the the semantics of, you know, we had a, uh, we had a little two-year-old with us the other day, and, um, you know, how they would color, it's all good job. What a good girl. What a good job. Everything is affirming and positive and all of that kind of stuff. Now, you know, but, uh, you know, that's appropriate for a two-year-old. But when they go to school, what mom and daddy said was a good job, and they and their and and that teacher lays down, you know, a picture, and they're to color that picture. First grade, it's all right, but in second grade, they want you to stay inside the lines. They 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 want it to be uh, some knowledge and some understanding. You know, it's nice that the crocodile is is pink, but really he's. A different color in reality. You see what I'm saying? So progressively, there is a moving of the marker. There, there is a an upping of the standard. It'd be closer to, you know, uh, what the teacher requires. And what is that? You know, is that we're preparing people for life. You know. I mean, you're just, you can be sadly disappointed the first time you go to Florida, whether you're five or six years old or 20, and realize that those crocodiles are not pink. They're not. You know, they all lied to you. It wasn't a good job to color in pink. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, and God gives us time, and you know, time to agree and to align uh, with uh, his assignments for our life. And we're always going to be progressively growing, hopefully, you know, in, in, in greater knowledge and understanding, greater measures with the Lord. Because how many of you know Jesus has set a great uh, bar in front of us where, you know, he said uh, greater works... 
He said, I, I'll tell you the truth. Everybody that steadfastly believes in me will, uh, will not only do the works that I do, but greater works will he do because I go to the Father. Now, did the Jesus go to the Father? Absolutely. And what was his intention of that? Was to, was to, was to, uh, was to guarantee he's the guarantor of this new covenant. Under the new covenant, uh, uh, he absolutely uh, flew open the door of unlimited access to God. F flew open the door where we could plainly see how a son or daughter should respond to the Father. And the results of that. The words and the works of that. Amen. Now, he, he himself did some outlandish and outstanding, astonishing uh, things. But now it takes, uh, it takes us out of, uh, you know, just mentally ascending to. It's beyond what, you're, what our mind can grab hold of apart from tapping into the mind of Christ, having the same, taking God's words as God's thoughts, uh, and God... And God training us and bring us, bringing us up, stretching us into uh, those dimensions that we would do even greater things. <clears throat> but anyway, um, we're purposed that Wednesday would be a, really a, a worship Wednesday, that we would stay in front of... Uh, God, try not to arrange, uh, you know... Uh, other things, competing things, but uh, but complementing things. Sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes there, you know, life happens. But I, I remember, you know, uh, um, as a, a new believer, that we man, our life began to gear around hearing that word. You know, we lived to go to church on Sunday because life began for us, and that man, we were getting life when we came to. Church, I was hearing about this God I didn't know anything about, but wanted to, in the worst way. I mean, in the best way, maybe you know, but more than anything. And Wednesday, I'll tell you what. Now you know, uh, uh, Bible study where we where we'd get down in the Word of God. I could be taught and trained, and then boy, I'm gonna tell you what. Now, you know, uh, uh, we got hungry and thirsty. I mean, you know. Uh, uh, stuff started showing up. You know, Ken Copeland was never, was never invited to the Southern Baptist Church that I went to, but somebody brought me a couple of tapes on the Blood Covenant. And I'll tell you what, we just, I ate those things up till they were eat up. Never heard nothing like that before. Amen. But anyway, uh, to this day, now I'm, I'm going to tell you, there's been a time or two, you know, uh, you know, there have been some patches in life where, you know, I wasn't too thrilled about going to church, you know. But the greater measure has been, you know, I know something's wrong when, you know, uh, with me, when, with my attitude. And there's been times I've just had to live by faith where that's concerned. Same way showing up for prayer in the morning, same way for anything, uh, any, uh, any uh, offer from the Lord of an opportunity to be with Him. See, because that's what church is. It's the opportunity to be with Him. Amen. Now, I remember going to church services, you know, uh, in, now I had to really exercise faith because there wasn't a whole lot of faith there. You know. 
I mean, you know, there's been a lot of times I've been places and they'd hand me a bag of stuff, you know. And you ever seen Sandy will will get a big old bag, and she'll stuff it full of all that tissue paper and all that kind of stuff. I mean, not time ago we'd dig way down to the bottom of the thing, find a little old you know cookie about like that big around. I'm thinking, boy, oh boy, went to a lot of fluff and buff and trouble. The bag lied to me. I mean, you know, if I'd have known that all there was, it weren't hardly worth the trouble. It weren't worth sitting there now for a brownie that size. You ever been in times like that, places like that, where you know. But, Lord, I'm believing you. If that's all we can get, I'll take the chocolate chip and go home. Glory be to God. Amen. Taste and see that Lord is good. You're in here somewhere. Amen. All right. But now it's a whole lot better to come and the table is spread and there's a feast and every word is dripping with, saturated with the, the goodness and the glory and faith and authority and power and truth and knowledge and understanding and revelations flowing freely. Now that's not, now as far as I'm, I, my part is concerned, you know, I'm going to come out from his presence. See, what I said in Worship Wednesday is that, is that we have, have accepted a responsibility. I want to respond to God to a drawing we feel in our uh, you know, in our heart to come out from the presence of God uh, with the word that God has spoken to us. Amen. For you. Not just for us, but to you. You know, you know, I don't pray about sermons to preach to you. I listen to God for what he's saying to me. And I'm going to just share the overflow of that with you. Amen. And somebody say, Amen. You ought to be glad of that. I'm not up here to correct you and all that other kind of stuff. I figure if God can't do nothing with you, who in the heck am I to even try? Amen. But let me tell you. <laughs> Amen. Let me tell you. Uh, let's look at uh, Hebrews 2, 1 through 3. Um, and this is, you know, I find this is kind of an odd place to start, but I, I feel like it, it is uh, it is the place that God took me to when we started this series. And, uh, you know, there's a lot we're going to, um, there's a lot to be known and understood in a greater measure of great faith, but we've got to start somewhere. The scripture says, I'm going to read out of the Amplified Bible. <clears throat> it says, since all this is true, uh, Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 1, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard, lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. For if the message given through angels, the law spoken by them to Moses was authentic and proved sure, and it did, and every violation and disobedience received an appropriate, just, and adequate penalty. How shall we escape appropriate retribution or consequence of the choice if we neglect and refuse to pay attention to such a great salvation as is now offered to us, letting it drift past us forever, for it was declared at first by the Lord himself, and it was confirmed to us and proved to be real, and genuine by those who personally heard him speak. Now, the backdrop, it says since all this is true, the backdrop, we can ask the question, what, what does he mean by all this, since all this is true? And I'm just going to give it to you in a nutshell. You can do it for your homework. But he is, uh, all of chapter 1 is talking about Jesus as the, as the express 
an exact image of God given to us so that we could know God, we could see God. But here's the thing. It said he has spoken to us in the past through the prophets. All of them had a part to play. All of them, the word of God bringing up to Jesus. But when Jesus came, now God speaks to us through his son. All right? And... uh and, of course, his son, uh, you know, has given us the New Testament, uh, the New Covenant, but also he fulfilled all of the old. He, he pre- Jesus' words are, are, constant, uh, are constant, uh constant, um, uh, not just uh, speaking, but showing, telling and showing of the Scriptures, the Scriptures that he had, the, the entire book of the Old Testament. Amen. But it says he has spoken to us in the person of his son. Now look at this in, in verse number 3 over here. It says he's the sole expression of the glory of God. Now, but it says that this son is upholding and maintaining, verse number 3, guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. So how is it that Jesus is speaking to us today? Well, the, he's upholding, guiding, propelling, maintaining the entire universe. Everything that the Word put here. Remember, the Word put it here. And the Word is keeping it here. But it's the Word that is central to any connection whatsoever to God and what He does and who He is. Amen. All right? So, and it goes down to there and, and, and you know... Uh, and just solidifies that with the, with what God, how God declared Him King over all, Lord over Master over all creation, the angels, everything like that. And it says, well, since all that is true, we should be paying attention to the Word Himself, who's speaking to us, ourselves, or myself. Because everything that he does, he does through his word. And he's offered us this great salvation, but it's a word of salvation. It's a word of faith that brings salvation to us, tells us of the saving power uh, of God. His mighty word of power. It outlines the authority and the ability of Jesus expressed in and through and by the word of his power. Listen, the word has authority. It is the final authority. It is the absolute authority. But it's also, it's the final word. Listen, it is the final word on everything and everyone. Read the book. I mean, read the book. It's the final word. God, the devil will get his say. He's allowed a certain amount of time to say so. He's going to have his say so. He has a right to say so. But but now listen, but God has the final word. And he says that redeemed should say so. That is so. God has. You can say all you want to say. So. So what? The Lord has the final word. His word's the absolute final word. On everything. And on everyone. Whether it's believed and received or not believed, it doesn't matter. You know, believers have been described by God in the word rejectors mockers scoffers all of them have been described the wicked the evil the good the just and the righteous have been all described God has the final word but now we have a choice see because it says here in this it says it says we we ought to pay more even closer attention to the word what word since all that is true, the Word has spoken. The Word is still. 
doing what's been said. And is still being said today. Let me help you out where the word of God is concerned. You'll do well to, to you know, uh, harvest this up. Take opportunity. You know, big stuff. You, you, there's never going to come a point in time when you can push some little button on your device and download all this stuff. Okay? It don't happen that way. It do not work that way. This is a forever word. They're going to be working with it forever. Better get started today practicing, laying in some layers of truth in our life where that, that's how we, these are God's thoughts. So this is God's will. This is, God has outlined it for us, given the Spirit to interpret it to our lives, to, to take that truth and make it known, show it clearly and plainly to us. Amen. There's really not an excuse. There are excuses, but there are none that are going to be accepted. To neglect and not, are you listening? To neglect, listen, so great a salvation. Now look at the terminology here. He goes, there is a great salvation being offered us. Hmm? Now let's boil that back down to where we got started from. See, see, the church I went to offered a Wednesday night service. I took advantage of that. I took that seriously because, because I needed that word. That word is what saved me. That word healed me and not just me, my wife, my children, my marriage. That, that word delivered me from destructions. That word I was benefited from. The word of God. I found out where that, that God was my source but how he supplied me was with his word. With and by and through his word. So I took it seriously. And I found this, and I, you know, years and years and years and years later here, you know, as I read through the Bible uh, uh, this year, there's a phrase that stops at the Lord says, Because you took me seriously, I'm going to take you seriously. It's the truth that the measure that we bring is the measure that he brings back to us. All right. Now, uh, we ought to pay much closer. Well, let me say this. The word, the word is not only God's authority, but it's also God's ability. It's very possible to have faith in God's authority and not have faith in His ability. Or have measured faith in His authority or measured faith in His ability that's just inside of our own experience. Or what we deem reasonable or practical or believable. But you know God is not limited to reasonable, practical, or believable. He just does some unbelievable things to the natural mind. Amen. Hallelujah. The only way that he can fix you is, is through medical science. I thank God for that. He gave man knowledge and wisdom all of that. But I'm going to tell you what, that's not the only way God can fix you. You know, we can work a job. God bless the work of our hands. But I'm going to tell you what now. There's more to the blessing of God than what, you can, what God can do even with your own hands. 
Because I'm going to tell you, there was a woman that had hands and she had, didn't think she had nothing, but she had a seed. And God said, take what you got and you start, you start pouring and I'm poor. And her hand poured, but somebody else was pouring. Now, I'm going to tell you what, now you don't fill buckets and jars and cans and, and you know, and all kind of stuff out of a little, she said herself, it's just a little cruise of oil with a little bit of oil in it. All I got is a little. God says, when I get done with it, it ain't going to be. Listen, and what, how did that happen? She went to the prophet of God and he gave her a word. Now, let me help you with this again. Now, she was smart enough to go back to the prophet of God, you know, and she said, now this is what happened. What should I do next? What should I do with the blessing? Let's move right along here. Way off over into some place we just shouldn't be. But the greater things, there's pictures of people that operate in great faith and receive greater things. Greater work shall you do than I do. All right. If, if <clears throat> uh, gre- the term greater means one who is able and or, or power in this, the, the word dunamis, not just dunamis, but dunamis. It t- talks about one who is able and capable, one who is competent. Let me add this word in. We have faith in the one who is com- God's ability is completely capable. Completely competent. All things. There's not one thing that God cannot do. There's not one thing that God cannot do. Not one. Including change me and you. If we be willing and obedient. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So, listen, the right conclusion to all of this then is that we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard. Now, how would we do that? Well, we would hear those truths again. See, he he outlined this very carefully. He didn't say, you know, now you heard that, now I'm going to say something new to you. He didn't say that. He said you need to grab a hold of and pay more close attention to what you have heard because I'm going to lay a foundation. I'm not going to build the roof on the ground. We don't need to talk about the roof. We ain't got no walls. We don't need to talk about the walls until we, until we make sure that we've got the foundation. And everything is measured off that foundation. And faith is foundational to us. Well, what's the essence of faith? Faith comes by hearing the word. But it's not just a hearing one time. It is this perpetual hearing and hearing and hearing. There's a constant current of the word of God into our lives. Constant current. You know, I'll tell you, you know, the power is in consistency. Isn't that right? You know, I mean, really, you know. I mean, if you're just consistent with a penny over time, it will pile up. Hmm? Don't think the little stuff doesn't matter. The little matters. Faithful with the little, you'll become ruler over much. You know, you know, some people think that they're going to jump from little to much because they've been faithful in the little. No, when you're faithful with little, it starts to stack up and amount to much. So when you're faithful to listen to the salvation being offered to us, and, and first of all, it has to get in our thinking that this is a great thing. This is the greatest thing of my life. This is better than my job. This is better than everything else that is going on in the world. 
This word that God is giving me will change everything. Because I can take this word just like God did if I pay attention and frame my world. Are you listening? In accordance with the blessing is that it should look like Eden all around me everywhere. I mean, what, what, everything I need is right here at hand. And, I, and I'm increasing and spreading that, perpetuating that. I'm, I'm having dominion in there. Well, hear the truths again. We need to hear them some more. You know, I remember Vince Lombardi said that he would tell the Green Bay Packers back when they were on top of the, the game, he said he'd pull out a football. He said, gentlemen, this is a football. Don't you think they knew that? He just reminded them, this is a football. This is what we're working with. The object is to get it to there. You know, I tell you, listen, this is faith. This is what we're called to live by. We are called the household of faith. We're called the just shall live by their faith. You know, it's what God's looking for. It's what God works with. Everything that happened over and over and over again in the scriptures, you'll find that Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Your faith has healed you. Faith, 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 faith. Jesus talked about faith. Jesus used his faith. Jesus showed a faith. When there's failure, he said, where's your faith? Come on now. All right. So we ought to pay attention to faith. <clears throat> We need to be a hearer who is hearing. See, there are consequences to the choice of letting ourselves, uh, of letting ourselves slip from the truths we have heard. Notice it didn't say, one translation says letting the truth slip, but really the Lord has says you're drifting. The truth is always there. The truth has been forever made available. The Holy Ghost is there. To reveal the truth. There's never been more translations, more copies of the Bible. You've got TV stations, you've got radio stations, you've got books, you've got God is filling the earth with the glory of God. What is that? The knowledge of Himself. Amen. It's available to us, but it's easy just to, you know, neglect it, not pay attention to it, disregard, you know, so great is salvation that's offered. Amen. You know, uh, it takes a real decision and a determination in our life. It really does. Uh, you know, um, and we'll do what we want to do. That's what we really do is we do what we want to do, you know. And, uh, but the one thing you ought not to put off is God. Another time. He's just too important. He's too great of a God and too great of a king and too great of a salvation being offered. If we're not careful, though, we'll miss it, you know, because we wake up, you know, uh, and we're still tired. And it's just too early. I stayed up too late. And it's too early to read my Bible. Anyway. If we're not careful, we'll slip past them. We'll drift past them. And we'll not anchor our lives to and in and with them. And we'll slip away. You know, the dangerous thing about prosperity, about going to a church like this, you know, where we have heard, is that we're just all the time living in a memory. 
living in a, a, a you know a fleeting feeling see uh, you know, and trouble with memories is that is that you know is that it just you know the reality becomes more and more distant. We just keep drifting and drifting and drifting because we're just you know we're we're daydreaming we're having a memory of the thing. Isn't that right? No, it's like a parked car that you park in a shed and you never drive it anymore. It's never operated anymore. You know, eventually it's going to deteriorate into a non-operational condition. You'll go to start it, it won't work. The battery will go dead. The mice will chew the wires. The tires will go flat. The oil will get uh, stale. The gas will evaporate out of the tank. Isn't that true? All those things are true. Amen. Faith is the same way. A life that's not lived by faith, you know. We just get religious with it. Uh, it's the same way. See, if we're not working the Word, the Word's not working. I didn't come to be mean to you, but I did come to speak the truth, you know. I mean, you know, from myself, it's like, you know, I, I have to stay motivated. I hope you can learn how to motivate yourself, but, you know, motivate yourself. But, you know, I mean, you got to crank a thing every once in a while, drive it around the block at least. Come one Sunday a month. Anyway, if that's all you want. Amen. See, if we neglect the word, if we're not hearing the word, then faith is not coming. Faith comes in proportion with the hearing. Okay? But how many of you know, boy, it take how many of you it took faith to get through today? Well, I had to use some faith to get through today. Do you have to use some of your faith to get through today? Isn't that right? How many of you filled up your car last January? Let's see. No, maybe January 18th or so. How's that going for you? Did you have to put any more gas in your car? No, not at all. Ain't been nowhere. Exactly. Not going nowhere. All right. If we're neglecting the word, we're not experiencing the truth, realities of so great a salvation. As Jesus says, such a great salvation. Now, you know, simple neglect, simple refusing to pay attention to your salvation. Now, here's the thing about salvation. You know, we each work out our own salvation in fear and trembling. Is that right? Not a, you know, man or, or that, but, you know, a God who offers so great a salvation to us. I mean, you know. You know, listen to God. Whatever He tells you to do, do that. You know, you don't have to. Um, anyhow, it's offered to us, offering a great salvation. Great is, means this. It's, it's delineated down to this great of an extent, amount, or intensity above the normal or average, of ability, quantity, or or eminence considerably above the normal or average. Now, if you just want to live. An average religious life. Okay? Man, that's not hard to do at all. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's totally socially accepted within the Christian community today to be just like everybody else, you know. You're 70 years old, you know. Your body's breaking down, you know. the, uh, You know, uh, your better days are behind you. We'll talk that way, you know. Oh, you know. Your whole world is centered around sickness and disease and centered around the, you know, what 
uh, uh, lamenting how it used to be or could have been. Dear God in heaven, I mean, these guys at 80 were just cranking, just starting the car, just got their greatest assignment ever at 80. And you ready to die at 62, dying while you're the walking dead. Oh, I'm serious now. You know, because listen, words are full of believing something. Something. And they're working. All right, I got to quit because Miss Sandy's. Maybe we'll have a fight later, you reckon? Want to have a fight? (laughs) I love that little woman. She's my woman. I love her. Well, should we consider both the quantity and the quality then of the measure? The measure of attention we give to the word of faith, the word of his power, the word of salvation, so great a salvation that's offered to us. How did he offer it to us? Well, he said, believe on him. How do we believe on him? We have to believe his words and believe his works, his authority and his ability that he's, that he's recorded for us and continues to work out of today. You know, Jesus is, encourages us and instructs us with his words, but we'll have to wait till next week to figure that all out. Amen. All right. Did you get anything out of tonight? I hope so. Uh, our ushers were serving them. Miss Sandy's got some things. So I, I started last week talking about the offering. And I want to continue along those lines. We, we, we talked about um, uh, the importance of an offering and, and how we saw that with the, with the, uh, um, with the uh, one was commended and one was condemned in the situation over an offering, Abel and Cain. And Cain, missing it on that offering, opened up the door to other things in his life, other, other wrong choices and bad choices that, you know, that eventually, uh, that affected his destiny. I want to continue uh, along those lines uh, because, again, here uh, in Genesis, we see it once again. Now, there's other examples, but uh, this is the one that the Lord had given me um, for tonight. Uh, where it's in verse 22, where it says, God, uh, chapter 22, it says, After these events, God tested and proved Abraham and said to him, uh, and he proved him in an offering. He said, I want you to take your son, I want you to offer him to me, the only son who you love. Now, the bigger picture, there's a whole lot of things in here, but this is the one thing that you want to see want us to see in this is that uh, uh, promotion a sealing of the deal I mean a you know uh, and you can go down and read this it says the Lord said this afterwards he said uh, verse 16 he said I've sworn by myself says the Lord since you have done this and have not withheld from me or begrudged giving me. In this case it was some, but really what I asked from you, your offering. You didn't withhold the offering. You didn't withhold what I asked of you. You didn't begrudge it. All right? You gave it in faith. You gave it completely and totally willingly. 
Now listen, he says, because of that. Now listen, he says, since you did this, he said, in blessing, I'll bless you. In multiplying, I'll multiply you and your descendants like the stars of heaven. And like the... uh, uh, and like the sand on the seashore, and your seed heirs will possess the gate of his enemies, and in your seed Christ shall all the nations of the earth be blessed by him, bless themselves, and because you have heard and o- because you have heard and obeyed my voice in an offering. Look at the destiny that was delivered and sealed with. Are you listening? Said for God proved Abram in an offering. He proved him in an offering. Now, God invites us to prove him, but remember, God proves us in an offering. This was a significant offering. I'm sure that, God, that Abram would have been willing to pay any ransom. You can have it all, but not my kid. And see, God will always ask us for what our heart is set on, because God wants our heart, wants to know our heart is his. Now, listen. You missed it at the beginning of it, didn't you? Jesus, the Lord said, I've sworn by myself. Because you did this, I'm going to do this. Amen. An offering. You know, so for us to just, you know, not, not pay attention and neglect such a great salvation. How much, what the emphasis that God places, the priority that God places. Now, again, you know, does it mean that you won't have a good life? No, God's good. He's good to all. You can be in the all pile, good to all pile, but God's also great. If you want to live a great life, you're going to have to know some of these things because offerings will take you into, it will perpetuate you into uh, places that you will be kept out of if you begrudge and you're unwilling to obey God where that's concerned. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.